0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Ignition, joined, as always, by Devin Jackson. But that's not important. What is important, though, we're joined for the third time. I'm pretty sure this ties in for our most popular guest ever. Making his third appearance, Virginia Tech offensive lineman Brock Hoffman. Brock, how are you?
1: I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm honored to be on here, be the be the lead guy, you know? So, it's either
0: to- you or Tyler Fortas at this point.
1: Like... <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm mean i excited to chop it up a little bit.
0: It's been a while since we had you on it. We, we had you on before the season, uh, yeah. although it is kind of funny. I think we had – so in 13 months, you've made three appearances. Uh, the first time we had you on, uh, you hadn't decided – you were technically draft eligible, but went back for another year at Virginia Tech. Then we had you on our live show over the summer – and then you proceeded to go out, have your best season yet, and uh, have a dominant week at the Shrine Game. So, uh, what's what's been new in the in the world of Brock Hoffman?
1: Uh, I mean, since since the last time we kind of talked, um, <laughs> you know, went through the season as a team, ups and downs. Uh, felt like we had a really really talented team. Um, just couldn't get it done on some of them games, uh, which made it really rough with all the coaching changes and stuff. But Ultimately, I had fun, you know, played a couple different opponents and that I hadn't played before in like West Virginia, Notre Dame, got to go to my first bowl game up in New York, hadn't been to New York City before. So that was cool. Um, But yeah, after the season just took a a little time off with my girl went out to Colorado where she lives. um, And then just been in Atlanta training.
0: I was about to ask, where are you training? Because so, yeah. so I'm, I'm going to let everyone that's listening to this know this is not like one of the interviews that Devin and I would normally have, where we have all these these preset questions. Brock is truly one of the players that you could just shoot the shit with and have a half an hour interview with. So there's no structure to this. Just if you're looking for a structured interview, this is not the podcast for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm, at, I'm in Atlanta right now, I'm training at Chip Smith's uh, performance. So it's it's right outside of Atlanta. It's like twenty minutes north um,
2: in Duluth, Georgia.
0: Devin knows exactly where that is.
1: Yeah
2: yep, yep. <laughs> grew up in the Atlanta area, so I know exactly we, uh, what you're talking about um, and and while we're talking about that. How have you enjoyed how have you enjoyed Atlanta and what spots have you hit up since you've been there?
1: Um, you know, I mean, outside of training, I haven't done much. My girlfriend came for. About three or four days, and we kind of went around downtown, took her to the Coca-Cola factory, Olympic Park, just kind of sightseeing, like, stuff like that, but, um, you know, I've been to Atlanta before, so I've kind of seen it, but she hadn't, so um, just kind of did that, but other than that, I'm just kind of hanging out, trying to focus on my training, but I, I enjoy Atlanta a lot, for sure.
0: I will say this. This is one of those instances where I kind of wish this was a video pod so people could see just how much swag you've got because you actually have a necklace with your own jersey number on as the pendant uh, eh, eh, while rocking Hokies gear.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I got, I got this chain when I first transferred to VT. The, the VT stipends are a little bit more than the ones at Coastal, so I, <laughs> I had a little bit more spending money. Um, so. So I had to had to upgrade upgrade my uh my steez off the field so for sure
0: oh that that that's that's hilarious now we, you mentioned your girlfriend you and I have had this conversation off air you do need to teach her to have your level of shit talk
1: I know um, I literally like so I, I went down there last weekend and watched her play literally like right after the game she had just hit like the so she had hit the game time home run and then the game winning walk off grand slam. And I'm like, I'm like, there was no bat flip. There was no taunting. I'm like, we have to work on this because next time I come see you play and you hit a home run, I need a bat flip at minimum. So we'll, we'll work on it. We'll keep we'll keep pushing her. But I don't know. She's not she's not like me in that regard.
0: Which is a shame because the Coastal Carolina women's softball team is missing out tremendously can you imagine <laughs> if she had hit that and then like i'm sorry she's been around you a lot flips off the first yes flips <laughs> yeah
1: that's, flips off literally first literally base her, poses give, for
0: give, a selfie at second
1: yes just give a little bat flip and a bird to the pitcher and just keep <laughs> it rolling
0: uh Actually, that does bring me to a question. So obviously, we know that you you started at Coastal and you know and transferred to VT before you started playing college football. Were you an athlete in any other sports? Like,
1: yeah, basketball? so I mean, yeah, I, I grew up playing basketball and football. Um, and then in high school for the spring, I wasn't much. I never really played or got into baseball. So in the spring, I like threw shot and disc. I wasn't wasn't really good at it. So mostly, I was just a basketball player outside of football. Yeah and I, and I'm not going to sit here and claim like I was some some big hooper now like I I I would get you the the six to eight points. I would use my fouls, all of them, and I'd play good defense. So,
0: so that that sounds like me when I play basketball—the kind of Draymond Green type role, short dude that grabs rebounds and fouls people. Yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna run up,
1: set a big screen, and then give someone a nudge when I'm trying to get some rebounds. But <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> I I can uh, definitely
2: I could definitely see you being the enforcer role and oh yeah, like, uh, yeah. a bully basically.
1: Yeah, no, I and mean, it's straight, straight lockdown D. No one gets the ball in the paint. Like, I'm denying and I'm not even going to let you get a shot, like, down there. You're going to have to shoot mid-range on me. The, so. the
0: funny thing is, is, I think we've asked you, like, all of the recruiting questions in the past because we've had you on here before. Uh, so, specific to this year, like, obviously, and I remember texting you after the the North Carolina game. That was big exposure for, for the program, obviously. North Carolina at, at home prime prime time technically even though it was the middle of the afternoon you know game uh against a potential at the time top five pick guys went in played really well what was especially on the offensive line after losing christian Darrisaw what was the adjustment period like this year because you lost derisaw and you lost doug nestor to the transfer portal so was there any sort of um you know uh gr- growing pains that's a phrase yeah I'm yeah forward. no
1: yeah, no, that's for sure. I was definitely going to say um, we definitely did go through a little bit of growing pains in terms of that transition coming into spring. The nice thing was we didn't really have to, or we didn't have COVID didn't cancel anything for us in the spring. So we had all 15 spring practices and those winter workouts to really gel with that group. You know, we had silas Janzi, that was going to step up into a bigger role and then we had Caden moore who's a freshman who i kind of took under my wing and i was like listen dude like i want you to play beside me like i need you to be on point so we put in a lot of extra work just to kind of get that continuity in gel because that 2020 group like we were good like
0: I'm it was a gonna, good like, unit it was like, a really like, good unit
1: up front like we were good like i mean we had talent across the board and we played well together and like we we were really gelled together um so, yeah, like it was definitely a big process for us. But the nice thing was we had from January until September 3rd to kind of get that all um, set in stone. Um, but no, like as a team, like preparing for that, like UNC game, like Coach Fuente had, had that. I don't even know the name of the song. I don't care to listen to it again. But the song where they're like, North Carolina, like that song, like we literally listened oh, to Peter it. Oh, Teddy
0: Pablo. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We listened to that song every day for the entire workout from January all the way up until the week, or all the way up until game day. Was that just to get you guys pissed off? Yeah, it was just like six months of hearing that song over and over and over again. I was like, there's no way in hell we are losing this game. Like, we have prepared for this game for this moment. So, yeah. So, no, that that UNC game that night, that was a very, very fun and special night.
0: And you know what, I I talk about the growing pains in terms of, uh, you know, the offensive line, but I mean, Y- yes, you lost Doug Nestor. Yes, you lost Christian Derasa. But then you also had Luke Tenuta have a really good season, uh, earning mm-hmm. a Shrine game as well. And then you still have you and, and Lasitas in terms. I got his name right this time. Yeah, you, you and Lasitas <laughs> holding down the middle of the you know the middle of the offensive line. And I remember texting you the day after that game, laughing hysterically because the, the commentators talked about uh, how Virginia Tech lost their left tackle to the transfer portal because they
1: confused. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They confused Doug me, Nestor yeah, like, and Christian. Yeah, yeah, the first round of the first round of the NFL drafts, the transfer portal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you confuse
0: Doug Nestor and and Kristen Derisaw, they don't look anything alike. Uh, and yeah. for our listeners, if you don't know the difference, go ahead and Google Christian Derisaw and go ahead and Google Doug Nestor, yeah. they look quite different.
1: Yeah, no doubt, but go ahead, you're good.
0: Yeah, so you had that game, and of course, you also had a game where you got to reconnect with Doug a little bit when, when you faced West Virginia, um, what happened in that game? Exactly. At its best. And West Virginia was kind of, you know, able to slow down the offense a little bit. Was it just, you know, I kind of lost you there for oh, a little bit. I'm sorry. There you go. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. Gotta love tech issues. Uh, uh, yeah. You had the game against West uh, West Virginia, and you had mentioned like not really having faced them before. There's a big rivalry uh, with those mm-hmm. schools that hadn't really been touched on in a number of years. Um, and then, unfortunately, the offense just didn't quite gel that week. Was it what? Yeah. Was it just play calling? What What exactly happened? Because I remember you and I talked after that game as well, and you you weren't pleased with the outcome. <laughs>
1: No, no, I was extremely frustrated. And that game will still haunt me, like, till this day. Because when you had three and four chances to win a game, like a big rivalry game on the road like that, like, that's something that, that'll that stay with me. Because, you know, like, I I, I I, hold grudges for sure. Like, I'm not... Really? I'm not gonna, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't really know. Like, I felt like leading up to that week, we had a good... um we had good prep. Like, we kind of had a good game plan. Um, it just seemed like they kind of, you know, played better than us that day. It was just, like, not our day. Um, like, when, but at the end of the day, like, when we got the ball with on the two-yard line with four downs, like, we got to put it in the end zone some way. So, just, that, just was not our day.
0: That game was trench warfare, like, triple X, because we – it was you and Lacetus and on the other end, they have two, de- two good defensive linemen as well, and Mesador and Stills. And Stills and you yeah. guys went it up was... every single snap. Yeah, no. Like, I remember
1: – because I had to move out to tackle, like, in the fourth quarter because we had injuries and all that stuff. And I remember, like, those last two and three drives, like, when we're starting to make this comeback and push. Like, I remember, like, coming off to the sideline, like <laughs> – like, it was hot as shit that day. Like, I didn't think, <laughs> like – you know like west virginia and virginia tech are like similar like um uh, whatever the word i'm looking for well, but I like bet. it's got kind of, yeah, yeah yeah like similar climates like you would not expect it to be like super hot but no like you could see the little heat waves coming off the turf i'm like it is hot as shit out here and i remember like guys like we were all coming off like because like you're right like we were going up against good talent so like it was a slugfest for for four quarters so like we're coming off the sideline trying to regroup like we're tired like I know they were tired like it was just honestly like an old school little slugfest I I enjoyed it it.
0: if you haven't watched that game I strongly suggest you go and watch that because especially just watch the trench play when VT has the ball That's that is that is NFL caliber caliber trench play almost every single snap I'm waiting for Devin to say
2: something. (laughs) Oh, I'm here. No, I'm just just (laughs) waiting, waiting my turn. I was Um,
0: letting you talk,
2: man. (laughs) No, but, uh, you know, now I'm jumping in. Uh, Brock, obviously uh, you're down at the East-West Shrine game and uh, playing a lot of of great talent there. Uh, Tell us about, uh, you know, what what goes into preparing for that and then the practices. And then obviously uh, we talk off air and, in our group you talked about some of the trash talk that you did while you were down there as well
1: yeah so for me like i started training beginning of january um and the nice thing about chip um him being so experienced in the business it was like all right this first month leading up to the game yeah we're gonna work on building your quickness and speed like that but it wasn't like we sit here and practice like the pro day combine drills every day so like my training was more geared toward getting me ready to play a game and practice again um, with doing all the different O-line drills with resistance bands and the O-line trainers that I had come in with um, John Cinch coming Bob Whitfield. So like, I felt like leading up to that month, it was just like kind of breaking my game down. All right, here's the things I did well throughout my career. Here's the things I can improve on. How do we build the strengths and fix the weaknesses? And That was just kind of my game plan in terms of that month preparing for the game. Um, At the time, I didn't know about a combine. So my thought process going into the week was like, all right, this is my shot. Like, I have to show teams really who I am as a player, how smart of a player I am and what they're getting when, you know, if they draft Hoffman, you know, like the things I bring on and off the field. Um, So that was my mindset going into it. Um, And I felt really, really confident. Um, like I would always say I'm a confident guy, but I felt extremely confident after the training I put in for the month. And I knew like going out there, like someone at some point in a practice, it was going to happen. Like the shit was going to hit the fan and like, we were going to, me and somebody were going to go at it. I didn't know who it was, what it was going to look like or what was going to be said, but I knew at some point it was going to happen. And for me, like it was nice because it happened pretty early, about 15 minutes into practice. So like, you know, kind of get that, kind of get that little, you know nerves shit talking out of you you know you're ready to go like you're just going to go at it all day so um but yeah I mean right away in practice we did half line uh me and this me and the kid from Iowa State got into it oh you was a recap yeah me and him got into it in half line and then after that it was on it was on with everybody I was out for blood for sure I remember
0: texting Devin after the first day of practices and I went, Oh, someone must've gotten in Brock's ear. Cause obviously you are a bit outspoken. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember the Instagram uh, video of you uh, posing like, the, like uh, posing with your sons.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh, you're talking about my TikTok TikTok I made. <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: uh,
0: you know, with all the, the pancakes you had gotten through the year and I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, Bro- Brock's just pancaking people. And he's, like, helping them up. Like, that's not the Brock we know. Like, Brock during the season (laughs) would have dove on them, posed for a selfie, and then given them the birds on the way up. And then the next day you get into it with Marquand McCall from from Kentucky, which leads me to my next point. Uh I don't know who you somehow pissed off when they put you on on the roster because the centers uh, on the other roster didn't have to put up with dudes half the size of (laughs) –
1: I know, trust me. <laughs> like on
0: one key, like on one end, these defensive tackles are like 290, 300, 305. I think the smallest defensive tackle I saw you go up against that week was Yuazarike, and he's 330.
1: Yeah, no. Like I remember when we all got out there to practice and – or maybe – yeah, it was practice because we, were, we had just finished practice and the West team was coming on the field. I like – Alec uh, Lindstrom taps me and he goes, dude, Look at those fucking D linemen on that team. <laughs> Look at our guys. I'm like, yeah, I know our smallest one's 330 and their biggest one's 300. It's like not even, not even close, but. Although it, was,
0: it got to test your anchor because I yeah. mean, you're anchoring against 360 pound Talon Humphrey, 350 pound Mark Juan McCall and 330 pound Uwazurike. That, that'll that definitely yeah. test you.
1: <laughs> no, for sure. and And that was the thing that, you know, when me and my, when me and my agent were talking about like after the first practice, he was like, you know, it's probably a good thing you're on this team because you're facing a lot of big and talented D linemen so that you can show the different things that the question marks on you or whatever. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I, I enjoyed going up against those guys every day for sure.
0: And obviously you mentioned Alec Lindstrom, who was uh, largely seen as, as the best center or along with you, the mm-hmm. two best centers. What was right. that like with the competition between the two of you? I know that you and I have talked privately. You said that you two became actually pretty good friends through that week. So what yeah. was it? What was it like, you know, going head to head with Lindstrom in terms of uh reps
1: during practice? Yeah, no, I felt like because um, there was only 12 offensive linemen, and there's really more tackles than interior, so there was really no tension in terms of guys getting reps. Basically, how like the coaches structured it too was like we were kind of throwing in like a new set every four, every four plays guys were rotating in and like how I looked at it was like, all right, I'm going to take this week. I'm going to show my versatility too. So I would, Alec would go in at center and then I'd come in and then right, as he was coming back in, I'd go to right guard. And then after that four plays, I go to left guard. So there was never any really tension. And yeah, like, like you said, me and Alex or Alec, had, um, you know, kind of built a friendship over that that week and it was good to push each other, you know, if he sees me winning or I see him winning, it's like, all right, we got to, we got to push each other even more. So no, it was, it was a good week. And I felt like I made a a lot of good friends throughout that whole week with that offensive line. Also helped that you,
0: that, you know, Luke Tenuta was down there as well. So someone you already knew, yeah, we
1: we we roomed together for the week, so so we had a good time. In <laughs> That's Vegas convenient. Yeah,
0: VT was well represented <laughs> down at the Shrine Game because Jermaine Waller was there too. Actually, just in bowl games, in the All Star games in general, because Barno and and Cetus were at. Uh,
1: and the then Cedar uh, bowl. Trey Turner, Trey Turner was down there and too. Trey so it was well. three and three. Yeah.
0: Um, what? Okay, we know that during the Shrine Game, there's always those. Um, Interesting interviews, you know, being poked and prodded 12-plus hours a day for, like, five days. Did you get any weird interview questions? You don't have to say the team, obviously, but they ask you any sort of odd questions?
1: Yeah, see, no. Like, um, I actually was, like, prepared for, like, some off-the-wall questions, but I really didn't get anything crazy. I mean, one team had asked me uh that uh, they were like, did you have any like cool bar fight stories? And I was like, no, he was like, damn, I kind of wish you had one. And I was like, I was like, nah, dude, (laughs) I I ain't got one. (laughs) But I mean, I don't know if they would have liked it or not based off the way he was asking. And he said, damn, he was kind of hoping, you know, with the way I am, he, uh, he probably wanted me to have a bar, bar fight story. So I don't know, but that, that was really the only kind of off the wall question. Everything else was pretty like, Generic background. Um, a lot of teams had me because I'm this uh, center had me like drawing up plays and blitzes and how we protected them at VT and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, other than that, that was that was the only kind of off the wall question. See, so that's well, good because
0: for years there were there there were always reports of weird questions getting out.
1: Yeah, no, I'd I'd heard some stories too, like. Um, So my best friend from high school, his dad was a legendary like high school coach in North Carolina. And he had a couple of guys go down to Mobile and the combine and get drafted and stuff. And um, I remember like one of the one of the questions that he had told uh, my buddy that was asked to him was like, if a bus is crashing down a mountain, where would you sit in the front, middle or back of the bus? I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? So I, I, I guess the answer they were looking for was the was the driver's seat, so that they're in control. But I, I, <laughs> I didn't get anything
2: like that, thankfully. For sure. And, and talking about your time time down at the Shrine Bowl, uh, what was your favorite part of being out in Vegas? And was that your first time being out there?
1: Yeah, no, that was my first time in Vegas. Um, Football-wise, I enjoyed the practices. Uh, Honestly, I felt like as an O-line, like we kind of like gelled together really fast. And basically there was like a group of – or all 12 of us would like go do things together, whether it was go to the casinos or walk around and all that kind of stuff. Off the field, my best experience in Vegas was it was me, my best friend from high school was down there, Uh, my dad, Luke, Alec, Ryan – Tyrese Robinson. We all, we basically walked after the night after the game. We walked from casino to casino to casino. We just, we were just gambling our asses off, basically. <laughs> but no, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. We all, all of us made money too. So nobody lost any. So it was all, it was a, it was a big night for us.
0: <laughs> and then how was the actual game with the, the, the Shrimble? We talk a lot about the practice. How, who, yeah. Who was probably to the me. best player during the, the practice and the game that you went after
1: that week? Um, yeah, I would say practice wise, either between Marquan or Marquan or the guy from Iowa State, um, D-line wise from the West team, I know Matthew, like, I personally know Matthew Butler, and I think he was probably their best D tackle. Um, but for me, the game was like, obviously, like, it's a big deal in terms of raising money for the hospitals and stuff. But for me, it was kind of weird, because it was like, all right, this group's going to play the first and the third quarter. This group's going to play the second and the fourth. So it's like I get warmed up, you know, I'm getting ready to go, and then it's like boom, sit for 15 minutes, and then you go and you cold. can't talk
0: shit in that time.
1: Yeah, I know. And then you go in cold and you play that second quarter, and then you're sitting for 30 because you got to sit for half in the third. So it's like it was weird, but um, you know, it's just like one of those things you got to kind of stay ready. So. I'll be prepared if I'm ever in an, ex- an experience like that, where I got to stay ready on the sideline for sure.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, and obviously you've got the, the NFL combine coming up very soon. Uh, what's been your focus uh, as you're shift, your focus now to, to that and getting ready for pro day. And then obviously the NFL draft. Yeah. I mean, for me right
1: now, the the focus is on pro day. Um, I didn't get the combine invite. So uh, I have like a, I basically had a six week now it's four and a half, five week block um, to get ready for that. And I'm just going to be able to, or my training right now is geared towards that. Like I said, that kind of first phase was um, preparing for the game. Now it's preparing for pro day and whether, and working through the techniques of the L drill, the shuttle, working on my linear speed and bench test, all that stuff, just trying to get, as test ready as possible. Um, and hopefully go out there and test well, and then do, I think, you know, my best part of pro day will obviously be the position drills, but, um, that's the part I'm looking forward to the most, I would say, but I just need to test well, for sure.
0: I, I will say this. Um, I, and this is not just because we've had you on three times, you know, mm-hmm. it's not just cause we're, cause we're, cause we're buddies off, of, you know, off camera and everything. I have heard from people way higher up in media than that Devin and myself that the NFL done, quote, fucked up by not in, uh, inviting you. So yeah, I have it from <laughs> people well-connected that yeah. they fucked up.
1: Um, it's, all, it's all good now. It's just fuel to the fire.
0: Exactly. Just got to keep
1: feeding the chip on the shoulder. It'll be, exactly, it'll be all man. right. It'll um, be all right.
0: The one thing that I would be remiss, and this is probably the, the most important question that I have, There was a comment that you made before you got down to Vegas that sparked a war of words between the all-star game uh, directors. (laughs) What was that like from your perspective? Because I know you didn't mean to do so.
1: Yeah, no, I remember when I saw it, I was like, dude, like I'm not even out. Like I'm just a kid like promoting or a guy promoting the game that I'm playing in. It wasn't like taking shots at anyone, but Uh, No, I mean, I just did an interview with the Shrine Bowl media and obviously I'm playing the Shrine Bowl. I was just going to promote the game I'm playing in. I didn't mean any any ill to anybody, but I guess some people took it that way. It's it's just... Just part of life. Just gotta gotta roll with it. I guess. I
0: remember Devin sending me that. He goes, I don't know how Brock managed to do this, but he's now started a war of words between between
1: All Star Game directors. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> I, I guess that that ticks some people off, but it'll be, it'll be okay. It's, uh, it's we are good. running a
0: little long on time here because obviously the the uh, issues with Zoom and their forty minute uh, limit. <laughs> so Devin, are there any last questions you got to you want to ask Brock before we get on out of here?
2: Um, man, I mean, we we talked a lot over the last couple of years, so I guess for me, you know, uh, as you as you look at, at the next you know couple months and preparing, um, you know, what, what's going to be the one thing you remember most about your college experience and, uh, you know, just being able to to play at both Coastal Carolina and Virginia Tech and and going to bowl games. What, what do you think is going to be the most memorable? experience for you when looking back and now that you're, you know, college is pretty much in the rearview mirror for you.
1: Yeah, no. Um, I would say the relationships i built with the people at both universities um, in terms of like actual football, um, you know, growing up in high school, I always, you know, had that dream of playing power five football. I went off to coastal um, and then, You know, I had some family issues, decided to transfer, got that power five opportunity, made the most of it. Um, And being able to do that um, as a kid back when I was, you know, 15, 16 years old, wanting that dream of that, being able to achieve that, that's something I'll always be proud of um, the rest of my life. But one of the things that I'll always take away and that I'm very thankful for with college football is the relationships I've built with coaches and players and support staff, for sure. Uh,
0: Last question from me. Let's say for the sake of argument, there's an NFL GM that has clicked on this podcast uh, and has made it through uh, Devin and you and I just being goofballs for half an hour. Uh, and you had one thing to say in terms of why they should draft you come April, what would it be?
1: A team should draft me, one, because on the field-wise, you're going to get a guy that's going to come in and push people. He's going to play nasty. Um, He's going to be a leader, um, and he'll learn and soak up any information from any vet off the field. I'll be a person that will care about the community I'm in the relationships I build. Um, But ultimately, I feel like a team that gets me is getting a nasty football player, a smart football player, and somebody that will work their ass off until the end of time.
0: (laughs) I think that's the perfect – Piece to end it on. Uh Brock. I mean, the guys already people our listeners know where to find us. Where can they find you on Twitter?
1: Uh at Brock Hoffman76. Give me a follow, please. Appreciate it. Absolutely. We
0: need to get Brock more followers than Devin. That's gonna be the goal for this podcast. <laughs>
2: right. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna one once traffic day comes around. The, the oh, yeah, 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 yeah they the, <laughs> then it'll blow up. Huh? Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Uh <laughs> anyways, that's gonna do it for today. As always, you can find me on Twitter, Mike H underscore draft. Devin on Twitter, real D underscore Jackson. Show on Twitter, Big Shots Pod. Brock at Brock Hoffman 76. And we will see you guys later. I want to thank our friends over at Jersey House for sponsoring today's show. No one likes paying full price for jerseys. And thanks to Jersey Hess, you don't have to anymore. Jersey Hess has all your needs covered, whether you want an NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, or college jersey. Or if you want a jersey for the European football, they've got it all. They also do custom jerseys and are always looking to add more players to their vast catalog. Head on over to jerseyhouse.ca and use the code BIGSHOTS to save 15% off your next order and help give back to the podcast. They ship anywhere in the world, and Devin and myself swear by their products. That's jerseyhouse.ca and the promo code BIGSHOTS for 15%.